scripture reading, we look, turn to Luke chapter 2. We'll read Luke chapter 2 this, e- this afternoon as well, but we'll read the first 20 verses this morning, and then the rest of the chapter this afternoon, Lord willing. Luke 2, read verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So far, we read from the Holy Scriptures this morning, and the text we consider consists of verses 6 and 7. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, As we read these familiar words concerning the birth narrative 
the narrative that explains the events around the birth of our Savior, we can be perhaps struck by how brief it is. One might have thought that this event about the birth of Christ, one might have thought that there would be more space spent describing all the more details concerning the event and what took place. And yet we know as we read the scriptures that God tells us in his word the things that we are to know, the things we are to take note of. And in this narrative, we also see repeated in a number of places the reference to the fact that when the baby, our Savior, was born, he was lying in a manger. He was lying in a place that is used for the feeding of animals. There he was placed, and for a time there our Savior was. And that point is set in a number of places in the narrative. Not only when it goes through the history itself and says that she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. And then also adding, because there was no room for them in the inn. But then as we go on to just a few verses down, where the message comes to the shepherds, that fact that that's where he would be is specifically mentioned. This shall be, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And we're not told what they said to one another about that. Why would he be in a manger? Did he, did he say that? He said in a manger. That is what he said. That's where they'd find him. And then we read in verse 16. That is where they found him. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Undoubtedly, that indicates that we are to ponder that. And as we read of Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, thinking about them, putting together the different things that God has made known. For Mary and Joseph, they would have what had been said to Mary, then what had been said to Joseph, then what is said to these shepherds and as they as the shepherds come to them and then later when the wise men come and so on and also what mary heard from elizabeth putting together the things that god has said and insofar as they knew the old testament scriptures for as they were told that this was the savior this was the son of david also, insofar as they knew what the scriptures said, considering those things, what specifically the thoughts were? We're simply told that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So we, today, we consider the fact that when our Savior was born, he was wrapped in swaddling and for a time lying in a manger. We consider, first of all, the Savior born. Secondly, lying in a manger. And thirdly, found there that that's where he was found, in swaddling clothes in a manger. The Savior born, lying in a manger, and found there.
In the beginning of this chapter, we read how it was that the baby was born in Bethlehem. We know God had said that he would be born in Bethlehem. In fact, in Matthew, we read that the Jewish leaders were aware of that. When the wise men come, where is he that's born king of the Jews? And it's inquired, well, what, what, where is he going to be born? And we know that the Jewish leaders, at least somebody, was that said that it was the case that he would be born in Bethlehem. They knew what the prophecy of Micah said. But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. And then spoke about that Savior, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. That's what it said about the Savior. And it specifically said where he would be born, in Bethlehem. The town where David had been as a boy. That as he grew up as a boy, David was in Bethlehem. And that was the place the son of David, the Messiah, would be born that was made known in the Old Testament scriptures. Well, now it's getting close to the time of the birth of the Savior. How is he going to be born there? The one that's pregnant, the virgin who's pregnant with this child is in Nazareth, and that's in Galilee to the north. So how is it that the baby's going to be born in Bethlehem? And then this chapter explains how in the providence of God there was this decree from Caesar. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And then explains how Joseph, who was in Galilee, he went up from Galilee out of Nazareth, out, out of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So since he was of the house of lineage of David, so he goes to Bethlehem. That this takes place in the providence of God. Now on the one hand, we see that the king, the savior who's born, he's born at a time when God's people are to submit to this worldly magistrate. So here their king is born. But what life is like for the people of God at the time is that they have this leader of the world, leader of the world power, Caesar, Caesar Augustus, that when he says all the world is to be taxed, then the Jews have to move. And the Jews have to, uh, depending on where they, where they currently are, in the case of Joseph, since they, it was going to be that he was going to go to, to Bethlehem. And they're all going to be taxed. <clears throat> Having to pay taxes to the magistrate. Being ruled over by some worldly leader. And that's what it was like at the time that Jesus was born. And still today it's the case that we are to submit to the magistrates. We're to submit to those in positions of authority over us, including the magistrates of this world. And if they tax us, and they decide what the taxes are going to be, then we pay the taxes. So it is still today as it was then. 
course, with Israel, we remember there was a time when Israel was separate from the nations and had David as their king and had Solomon as their king. But we remember how often they turned to the other nations for help instead of trusting in God. And how they worshiped the gods of the peoples around them. And then the judgment of God comes upon them and they are taken away into captivity in Babylon. And although they come back, they're still subject to the world power. The Medes, the Persians, the large Persian Empire. And then after that, the Greeks. And then after that, the Romans. And so it was when Jesus was born under the world power. And Caesar makes this decree. And in the providence of God, when he makes that decree, that means that Joseph needs to go to Bethlehem. And he takes, and Mary goes along with him. Now, as we read that, we don't read that and say, on the one hand, that that just happened by chance. But that that was what God had determined. Nor do we look at it and say, well, God knew this was going to happen, as if he just... He doesn't determine what's going to happen, but he just simply, he knows ahead of time what's going to happen without his determining it. Where the scriptures make very clear that he has determined all things. In fact, we even sang that just a moment ago. Performing his will and good pleasure in heaven and in earth and the sea performing his will and good pleasure. So we sing a versification of the song. That God in his providence, it was the case that Caesar makes this decree, and so they travel. We don't read that they went there because they thought, you know, the scriptures say he needs to be born in Bethlehem. That we don't read that Mary said to Joseph, or Joseph said to Mary, you know, Micah 5, you know, the, the book of Micah says that we need to go to Bethlehem. And so that's the reason why we need to go there. Now we have the, uh, you know, the, when we look at the book of Micah, and we see today that that passage is found in Micah 5, verse 2. They had the book of Micah, and some even knew that that's what it said, but we don't read that's the reason why they went there to Bethlehem. At least it doesn't say that that's why they went. It says they went there because... He was Joseph was of the house and lineage of David, of course. So then they go and he brings Mary. Mary goes as well. And they depart and they get to Bethlehem. And the time comes for the child to be born. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be a deliverer. While they were there, it was the time for her to give birth. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Brought forth this son while still a virgin. The passage even speaks of the fact to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, verse 5. Still referred to as that, as his espoused wife. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And the book of Matthew makes known that she was still a virgin at the time of Jesus' birth. A woman who's still a virgin, giving birth to a baby. How is that possible? Well, God had explained it that this was 
the Son of God, the eternal Son, took upon himself the human nature of her flesh and blood, of the flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary. So that this child, this baby, really was God and also a real human baby with a complete human nature named Jesus. The baby would be named Jesus. We read of that when we get to verse 21 that the baby would be named Jesus even as they had been told that this child that was born was the Savior. Jesus, Je Savior, or Jehovah, salvation. And that the, the, the shepherds were told that this is Christ the Lord. The one born to you is the Savior, Christ the anointed one, the promised king, the promised prophet, the promised priest. This is the anointed one. This is the one God had spoken about, that there would be this priest who would come, that there would be this prophet who would come, that there would be this king who would come, this king who would reign forever. This is the promised king. Our Lord, to whom we belong, the covenant promise has been fulfilled. The Savior is born in fulfillment of God's covenant promise. Of course, the full realization was still to come. But the promise that the Savior would come, that he would be born in Bethlehem, had now happened. And when he was born, he was cared for. That there was Mary, there, were jo there was Joseph, and this child was cared for. When the baby is born, there's going to be a need to care for the baby. And certainly she knew the time was going to come for her to care for the baby when the baby was born. We're not told how long it had been since she had, since she had acquired what she was going to use to swaddle the baby. But she certainly knew that the time was going to come, that the baby was going to be born. And now when the baby was born, she wraps him in swaddling clothes. And then where to lie him? Where to lay him down? That she lays him down in a manger. And then it adds, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now we turn to consider that fact. Lying in a manger. It's mentioned, as we've already noticed, it's mentioned more than once. We're not told the exact location where this was. Some have suggested that this was an inn, that, that this was um, an, an, a place where the animals were kept that was connected with the inn. So that it would have been, you know, in connection close by to the inn where they went to the inn and there was no room, but nearby there was this place where animals were kept and where animals were fed. And so it was some place that was in connection with that inn. Others have said maybe this was some cave that was, you know, a little bit of a distance from the inn, but some cave where there were animals kept and that the that's where this was. That's where they were. But we're not specifically told for sure where the exact location was, which is which is worth noting. 
Sometimes people, you know, try to find out when, with regard to different events, where exactly was he born? Where exactly would that cross that Jesus was on, where would that have been? Where would that tomb have been? As far as the exact location, well, we're told it was in Bethlehem. And we're told for sure he was in a manger. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was cared for. And he was in a manger. We're told what's important for us to know. It's important for us to know he was born of a virgin. Although there are those that would deny that and say that's impossible. It was feast. That's important to know and to confess. As it's even mentioned in the Apostles' Creed. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Those points we are clearly told and are very important to confess. That it's very important that we confess who he is. Even as the passage tells us concerning who he is. That it's important that he was born in Bethlehem. That the scriptures had said he would be born in Bethlehem. And so he was. And it's quite important that that was the case. Just as God said he would be born there. So also it's important for us to know that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and he was lying in a manger. He was Israel's king. The promised king had come and where is he? Lying in a manger. He's the almighty God. He's infinitely glorious. He's the almighty creator. And where is he? Well, from the viewpoint of his human nature, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and he's lying there in a manger. There was no room in the inn. That also was in the providence of God. That in the providence of God they go down to Bethlehem. Here's this woman great with child and they go down to Bethlehem. And the Lord is with them. The Lord loves them. The Lord is with them. They're traveling down to Bethlehem. And they know that she is with child by the Holy Spirit. And it's about time for her to be born. And they get to the inn. And they find out there's no room. Why would that be? in the providence of God. It was in the providence of God and it was important for them to see that and for us to see that. That it was God's plan that when they got to the inn there wouldn't be any room there. And then there would be this other place where they would go and that then when it was when they after the baby was born and when they <coughs> wrapped the baby and when they looked for a place you know where are we going to lie him down well they see a manger and they make use of that it was going to be the case that we were going to read about that for years to come that that would go down in the scriptures, that that news would be told to the shepherds, and the shepherds would be told that that's the sign. This is a sign. This is where you'll find him. 
It was in the providence of God that he was there. Why would that be the case? How would the world receive this child if they knew who he was? I mean, what if when they, when they came to the inn and were told that there's no room, what if they said, but the Messiah is about to be born. Again, my wife here, can you see? My wife here is great with child. In fact, the child is the promised son of David. More than, more than what would they, what would they have done? We're not, we're not told that they said that to them at the end when they found out that the inn was, that there was no room there. But how would Jesus be received back then? In the book of John, we read, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The world was made by him, and the world does not know him. That God, he's God who made the world. And it has been the case in the past and still today that most don't know him. They don't know the one who made the world. They don't know him. He came unto his own. His own not. So it says in John 10, or in John 1, rather, John 1, verses 10 and 11. How would it be later when Jesus grew up and was a man and as he preached without error and explained the scriptures? And as he lived a sinless life. But as he also pointed out man's sin. And his need for a savior. How would they receive him? They'd crucify him. Here we see this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, they'd take his clothes. They'd nail him to a cross. The one who was the king of the Jews. Would it be different today? Now we live at a time where all around we see manger scenes. Many people will put the babe in the manger and have Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Sometimes they'll have the wise men, too, although we know the wise men really came later, and at that time they were, they were in a house. But many people will have manger scenes. Is it the case that today things would be different and that the majority would receive him today? That the majority know him? And believe in him? Of course, we know that the fact is that that's not the case. It's not the case that he would be received today. There are many that talk about Jesus, but what they say Jesus taught is not what he taught. And when people are told that that's not what Jesus taught, 
He actually taught, and then to explain rightly what he taught concerning salvation by grace alone, for example, particular grace, unconditional covenant, then people will get mad. Even as they got angry when Jesus preached. Even with regard to the whole idea of making room, looking at it now from the viewpoint of how is it that Jesus entered into our heart? How is it Jesus got into your heart? Was it that you made room? Is it that I made room for him? Is that how it happened? If people take this passage and apply it that way, that today also those who make room for him, then he comes in when you make room for him. Is that the way it is? There are those that believe we believe in him. It was the case, and Lord willing, this afternoon we'll talk more about the, that there was this remnant that did believe. Joseph and Mary were believers. We see the shepherds who are praising God. How is it that some people have this Jesus in their heart? We have to confess that by nature we hate God and our neighbor. By nature we don't know him. We're in darkness. God engrafted us into Christ. God infused faith into us. He caused us to know him. He wrote his word, his law in our heart. He raised us from the dead. And we know him. We trust him. We believe in him. We love him. That's a work of God's grace. And this Jesus, the one that was lying there in a manger, We understand that he was already bearing our sin. He bore our guilt. He suffered his whole life. Which is good for us constantly to remember. All his life long he suffered. The scriptures make specific reference to his poverty. Now, some might wonder, how do we know that sometimes it's said that Mary and Joseph were poor? How do we know that they were poor, relatively speaking? Well, in verse 24, it says, when they offered a sacrifice, they offered a the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons when we look in the Old Testament for instruction about that we find that somebody would offer a, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons when they didn't have as much it says they were in the Old Testament in Leviticus 12, verse 6. It says, When the days of her purifying are fulfilled for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring a lamb. She was to bring a lamb of the first year for a burnt offering. And then in verse 8 it says, And if she be not able to bring a lamb, then she shall bring two turtles or two pigeons, two turtle doves 
or two young pigeons. And that's what was brought. God says, Ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Though he was rich, for your sakes, for my sake, he became poor. That ye, through his poverty, might be rich. So our mind is directed to that. Our mind is directed to what the scriptures say. And repeatedly we see in this narrative that idea that what our mind is directed to is what God says. And there are certain things we can see with our eyes, the eyes of our body, but that we walk by faith not by sight, means that we believe what God tells us. You look at this child and what you see is a child in a manger. That's what would be seen with the physical eyes. And yet, who this child was, was Christ the Lord our Savior, our Redeemer. And indeed, he was found there. They were told, the shepherds were told, that they would find him. That was part of the message to them. They were assured you will, you're going to find the babe. This shall be a sign unto you. Not only the babe shall be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, but ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You'll find him. One might have wondered what sign would we have expected would happen when Jesus was born. Now, on the one hand, there were these angels saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and so on that did take place. And only some saw that, only some heard that. And so also it was only some that came and saw him lying there in the manger. Now, of course, one thing that that sign would have served to prove would have been to confirm. It served, would have confirmed what the angels, what the angel told them. And that was part of the, the purpose of the sign. If the signs are to confirm the word. So these shepherds, they hear what the angels, what the angel says. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And there was more than one of them there that, that heard that. And then when they go and they see the babe, and sure enough, they find him just, just like they were told. That as they're going there and they're searching for the child, sure enough, they eventually, in God's providence, they, they get however long it took, However many places they may have searched before they found him, whether they went there right pretty quickly or whether they searched a while, however it was, they eventually do get to the point where there he is. Sure enough, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, and there are Mary and Joseph there with him. 
The baby is loved. The baby is being cared for. And he's lying in that manger. And then them, to what degree, they they started making known what had been saying about the child. And then this goes down in the scriptures, and this goes out, this news goes out, that when the news of Jesus' birth would be told, this also would be told too. That for a while, this is where he was lying. That God was caring for his son. Later, we would read about how he was brought to Egypt when Herod wanted to kill him. That God was with his son. And that he became poor. And that he would be rejected of men. Yet it would be the case that he, through his poverty, that we, through his poverty, we would be rich. And by the grace of God, there would be a remnant who would believe, who would know him, who would love him, who would believe in him, and who would praise God. Praise him. So when we read this narrative, We're to praise God that we find we have seen Christ in the sense that we see by that by the grace of God we believe we understand that this Jesus really is the Savior that he's our Savior God says ask And ye shall receive, seek, and ye shall find. And by the grace of God, God guides us to understand what the scriptures say about Jesus. And we search the scriptures, constantly looking to understand about Jesus, because every passage is about him. And we read about the suffering Savior who was despised and rejected and who became poor that we through his poverty might be rich who came to redeem a specific people and who would save everyone that God had given to him who would lay down his life for his sheep we seek by the grace of God, once though once we are rejected, God works in us by His Spirit to seek in His Word as we study the Word, and He guides us to understand. And believing in this Savior, we're to praise Him, we're to thank God and praise Him, as Lord willing, we'll consider also this afternoon, and to be patient in trials or when looking at what it was like for Mary and Joseph that it gets about time to for the birth for the baby to be born and then well they got he's got to go to they're told that Caesar's made this however how much time it was before this they heard about it it was, it was time to go and to be to Bethlehem because Caesar has made this decree and yet she's great with child. One would think the timing, oh, what timing, right now to go? Some, it's said to be some 90 plus, 100, 90, 100, something like that miles to travel. And then there were hills didn't have vehicles like we do today. And then when you get there after the long journey, you get there and there's no room. Yet this was God's plan. 
so also in our life there are times that things happen and we wonder why why does it why does this happen why does this happen now that we have inconveniences and we have to be patient it's true in our life too that it's all been determined by God and we're to wait on the Lord we're to trust in him and we're to praise him as those who know that this Jesus is our Savior. Unto you is born this day. Good news. Fear not. I bring you good tidings of great joy. These are good tidings of great joy, which shall be to God's people in all nations. May we exalt his name and may we speak to others the good news. As it says, the shepherds made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. So may we also with joy and gladness bear witness to that truth, telling what has been told to us concerning this Jesus, our Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And may we in our life show our love for our God, loving one another, thankfully serving our Lord and Savior, living to the honor of his name, looking forward to his return. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God, our Father, we're very thankful, O Lord, for thy grace, thankful for the mercy, so thankful for thy love. Thou hast shown us great love in sending thine only begotten Son, who suffered in our place. And we are so thankful that we know he, that we belong to him, and that he dwells in us. May we glorify thee, O Lord, on this day. May we express our thankfulness to thee in all that we do. And may the good news, this good news, these glad tidings go forth to all nations to thy honor. For Christ's sake, amen.